It's a minute past four. This is SFM Sound Awake. If you've just joined us, I'm Asanda Peta. Let's talk trending news. Trending news right now. What's happened in social media in the last 24 hours? We get a feel from our social commentator, Ade Kunle Owolabi, joining us from the UAE. Ade, a thriving Thursday to you. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling uh, excited and, and a little bit um, optimistic about the weekend. It's um, always good to be here on the show. and It's um, a little bit tired. It's been a very long week. And quite a lot of things have happened as well. Mm-hmm. And just um, looking forward to it. I, I can't wait for, for the weekend. And how do you cope when it's one of these weeks, those very stringent news-making weeks? How do you make sure you balance <laughs> yourself? <laughs> Uh, it just comes to the job, and we have to find ways of making it work. Yeah, yeah, and it's been quite an epic, um, I would say, epic week. What is happening in the in, uh, in Ukraine and Russia, and it's been dominating the news. And we also have to take time with all the news feeds, the content that are coming through from that side of the world. Mm. Okay, let's talk hashtag Natim Tetra, starting with uh, local news. Uh, this uh, actor, South African actor former EFF uh, Member of Parliament as well. He's taken aim at the Arts and Culture Minister, uh, Natim Tetwa, saying that he's, he needs to actually be held responsible for all the stress that's been happening in the arts industry and what the artists are going through. It, it, it's kind of, it's, a, it's sort of like a, a controversial tweet, if I would call it. And of course, quite a lot of people um, didn't agree with him with a tweet, and and uh, and, and some did agree with him as well. This particular um, message has been retweeted about 196 times, and, and and I think of course everyone has got their reason to voice their opinion, and we could liken this this um, tweet to those that were. Um, actually, campaign against the vaccine, which were also tagged as um, anti-vaxxers, which were called that on social media. And 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 I, I do not think it is a little bit fair um, when you actually have to call out the, the minister saying he's responsible for the stress that artists are going through. And and someone did mention to 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 Fana as well on the trip like um, this. The request that you uh, you're asking for is actually not uh, under the minister's office. It actually lies to the municipalities and all sort of things. And we could also look at um, how people were demanding to go into the stadium as well. And and the government were also telling the people like, hang on a minute, you can't do this yet because of. Um, Certain reasons, the obvious reasons, and and I think it's not a little, it's not um, it's called too sensitive to be able to um, uh, to hang that on the onto the minister's neck, and saying that she is all responsible uh, for the stress that the artists are causing, and and quite a lot of people didn't agree with him on this uh, on this particular um, um, issue. Well, being retweeted 196 times, I guess it would speak to him having said before that he's not a politician, but he's an activist. I guess people see him as that if they're responding. Was it mostly just the normal uh, or the ordinary South Africans retweeting or some members of the arts fraternity as well? Um, 
quite uh, the top uh, tweets that were being shared were people from the industry and also concerned uh, readers as well. And and I think most of this um, response that were provided for him could also um, depict the kind of career or the, um, um, the sexual that they come from. And and most of them are just, some of them are actually just uh, netizens and who would just want to reply for the sake of educating him, um, providing some sort of... Um, clarity to, to the tweet and and I also saw one of the messages that were shared Judy said Judy don't care about South African artists and she doesn't care about the celebrities or, or so ever but they just want to uh, more concern about other things like fuel, rising cost of living and all sorts of things like that this is the least of, of their problems right now. And we'll talk about that fuel rising costs or the costs of fuel that are rising uh, a little later. As you said, it's not the first time that the EFF is criticizing the minister because uh, the leader, Julius Malema, had said that the minister is not interested in the issues that are affecting sports fans with that stadium issue there in terms of increasing the number of fans allowed at sporting events. And the EFF leader uh, saying to, as going as far as saying that the minister of, of sport is only involved in factional politics of the ANC, and he doesn't even do sports, he doesn't do arts, and he doesn't do culture. So how can he be, even be a minister of sports? Uh, the minister did respond to that, saying these uh, are misguided. This time around, any response from the minister to the actor, Fana, and writer-producer, Fana Mukwena? Except now, I think it's one of those... Um that the minister might just want to let it slide right now because um, I think, for, for an example, it's not, uh, I think um, maybe there might be um, a, a detailed question, uh, response, if I, if I would put it that way. But at, at the moment, it, it's just, it's, it's got, um, I don't, maybe I should put it like it's got uh, ministerial duties to, to look at and maybe it might just decide to respond to him if this particular topic um, gets to linger on. I think he might as well just uh, respond. Yeah. Do you sense a, a, a sense of just exhaustion for from everybody around the arts and culture space and even sports in terms of when are we going to get back to normalcy? Um, it, it, it's something that I think we get in there, if I would put it. And and we, we I think there's quite a lot of uh, recovery, and the, the DOH has also let us know that we actually not out of the wood yet completely, but instead, what the data is saying and the stats, it just shows that we actually um, doing better, and South Africa is way beyond the recovery state. And until then, we, we have to just wait and, and keep our fingers um, crossed that the government can just Give us that ultimate feeling and say, okay, we can come back to normal. And, and, and of course, we still have to find a way. Are, are you fading a bit there? Sorry, I don't know if, if you're moving around. Um, um, I, I, I was just saying that we, we just have to wait on the on the government to actually um, uh, give us that um, uh, that um, team that we've been waiting for. Of course, um we have to still walk around it, knowing what the data is 
saying right now, things are looking good for us, and we have to remain optimistic um, that um, we can just um, have it as it is at the moment. Yes. Let's talk hashtag ISIS moving on there. It's an international as well as local story because the U.S. government has sanctioned four financial facilitators of the extremist group uh, ISIS. And uh, these two, two of these four men are South African. Then there's an Ethiopian and a Tanzanian. Give us more. This is uh, it's an interesting um, development on, on the issue on the, on the, of the ISIS um, infiltration in, uh, in Africa. And, and this is something that is going to um, actually help uh, the work, the, the, the biggest work that is being done, not just from the U.S. government, from the from the SADC troops as well, and and we should also know that ISIS is so strong that they got um, allies with um, other um, um, groups like your Al Shabaab and Al Qaeda as well, and I think this is a, a good um, um, step in direction, knowing that. They can be able to find the the, the, the people behind this, and having to um, um, bring this into the attention of the media and to the people as well. Stopping this financing would also um, affect the the resources of ISIS, and when that happens, obviously that is going to um, reduce their pressure. It's going to sort of um, cripple their operation, if I will use the word, and and then be able to find. How, um, in, in terms of actually their, their networks, and I'm sure now um, we would be expecting maybe more uh, arrests and more information and to even find other third party that may be linked to these individuals. Yeah, and it does speak to the fact that the eyes are watching, uh, some sort of big brother is watching type of uh, situation because I'm sure it doesn't end here. So one of the four men accused uh, was accused of using his position at two mosques to secure donations from members. I mean, who would think that? Now religion coming into, clearly corruption is going to use any avenue it can. But one of the South Africans previously being charged in a case linked to terror-related accusations, and then that case was eventually dropped in the Durban area, the court struck the case off the roll. Does that talk about our legal and law intervention system constantly failing? Um, thank, thank you, Sandra, for for that. It's it's it, it, you know it, it's it's a very it's a quite a sensitive or if I would say it's a gray area. Knowing that um, South Africa's um, um, constitution and legal um, system is one of one of the best in the world, if we actually describe the constitution, and this is also something that allows everyone to practice their religion. And, and having this sort of case or case scenario, it's actually going to have an impact on, 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 the, on, on the, the Islamic religion as well. And also, it's going to affect how more verification, how more uh, the process or the procedures would be, would be tightened as well. And we will expect the U.S. government to find ways of ensuring that South Africa gets to have more screening and, and more layers of security, knowing that something like this um, are actually happening. Obviously, South Africa has been on the radar, and knowing that funds were probably matter 
Are Africa. you fading again? Please come back. Obviously, um, South Africa as you probably be on the radar, uh, knowing that they actually um, been used to, mm-hmm. to to move forward from here to Mozambique, and I remember I can remember we were working on a stories related to this. I think about um, three years ago, mm-hmm. and at the time we were actually. Um, it was involved with the former the American ambassador then, Lana Marx, in, in South Africa. And it's actually quite an interesting situation, having to find. It was a difficult situation then to trail, to do a paper trail, getting to know how is ISIS funded. But you always find um, a roadblock. But this is an interesting discovery. I can tell you after that. Yeah. Uh, there also, I mean, as we are saying, that the, the, there's been sanctions there and the South African banks are also linked and other financial institutions that were not the banks themselves, but were used by uh, two of these four men who are South African. Yesterday's question, I guess this links to our poll question, where we're talking about private firms and companies who are being used in corrupt issues and, and situations. From, you know, the third part of Zondo Commission report, it was found that a private company, Bosasa, was involved with politicians using that company to get corrupt deals. Here we are now finding South African banks also being used for these corrupt deals and other financial institutions in this particular case. Uh, your thoughts there in terms of what needs to be the recourse for private companies and banks that get involved, whether they know or, or not? It's actually a tricky one, and it's called working both ways. It's like flipping a coin, head or tail. And now we're asking ourselves, are these companies, are they liable or are they aware of this transaction? And you should, we can't actually tell. And they could also play ignorance, and we rely more on, more on the forensic investigation in this situation. Mm. And, 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 and knowing that South Africa, as, as, as massive as the economy is, we, South Africa does need this transaction. We do need this funding, this investment money, so-called money coming to the economy, passing through the country. So it is easy for someone to get uh, fooled by, by donation. Uh, and uh, yeah, knowing the purpose is something that could not really be disclosed. So I do not think um, it's actually um, fair for someone to actually um, use knowing this money is, is for terrorism and letting it pass through South Africa. So we rely on the investigation to actually be able to tell us exactly, but it could go both ways. It could have been disguised and, 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 and pass it through all, all uh, necessary protocols and it could just be business as usual for, for whoever might have been involved in it. Mm. According to this U.S. decision, then all the property and interests of the, the individuals has been blocked, uh, as well as any entities in which they directly uh, own. How do we know, and what are your thoughts on this, that they didn't pull a put-in on this and made sure that their assets are spread out amongst their other friends to keep for them, and that they're not all in their names, these two or these four that we are targeting, that the U.S. is targeting, because they might not have everything written in their names in terms of ownership. Uh, absolutely. And that is one of the ways of how criminals work. And they do, because this is a quite um, um, a, a strong, well-connected syndicate. And... Um, this is, I would really like to um, encourage 
um, the, 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 the forensic work behind this, they need to keep working on this because when this has been uncovered, there will be a, uh, another person, there will be another replica of this that are actually happening, going undetected. And, and this is usually the case. And, and, and we, would, we would expect more and more of this, and they will always find ways of getting their way around the system and beating the system. And, and also thinking uh, there's a wake-up call, knowing that there is corruption out there in the country, and every public officer needs to know that when money agrees the hands and they compromise the safety, not just of South Africans, also safety of Mozambicans who are now victims of the, of the attack of, of ISIS in, in Mozambique and just so many things that are there that we need to begin to look at and, and finding how to, to put an end to it. It's not going to be a one-day mission. It could be to last for us no more than a year or many more. But we have to just, so America has proved that they need, you can beat terrorism and we need to just work together as, as, as countries and, and, and sharing information and, and helping one another in getting this data out. Let's continue our chat, Ade. Please stay on the line. We need to take a short break. This is SAFM Sound Awake. Trending news right now. Let's continue with Ade Kunle Olabi, social commentator, in terms of what's happened in social media in the last 24 hours. Hashtag Libya now, Ade. Let's look there where the Libya's parliament has approved a new government despite the incumbent administration pledging not to cede uh, power there. The Prime Minister-designate Fatih Bashaga is what uh, is well, who's been submitted to come forward. But we've got the interim administration of Abdullahid al-Dabeba, rather, who does not want to step down. It's, 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 you know, I think this decision was made for the, in the interest of peace. Some people are working really hard to actually move the country forward and we have um, other set of people who said no we are not going to allow that to happen and i think this is a point where you begin to find how the rules to compromise in the interest of the people in the interest of peace and i think it, it's just it's, it's disappointing to say, but also some people also find this to be progress, knowing that they could reach a compromise and find ways. You could liken this situation to when um, there was that coup in Sudan as well, and and the the the, the prime minister was like, okay, I I, I would I would uh, want to run my country, and the military was saying, no, we will do this together. We are not going to go anywhere. And all sort of things, and and he had no choice. His life is at risk, and he was going to be killed. And this was similar to to what is happening in Sudan. But of course, the one in Libya is more critical. They've been through quite a lot of things and trying so hard to to get the country moving forward to be able to restore the country back to its former glory. And and knowing and with this, it's just it's a disappointment. And and but of course, some people think. This is progress, and they can actually work around it. Okay, so these two individuals, one seemingly getting the support in terms of leadership, Beshaga, that is, uh, and the other, not so much, uh, Beba, 
They're both uh, businessmen, powerful in their own right. So what do you think sets them apart that one would be preferred over the other? The Peshaga also being having been serving as interior minister, uh, but also Beba on his side, uh, had having been a politician in Gaddafi's time and was appointed prime minister. What what do you think would set the, these two apart? I, I think with both of them, um, they, they do have different, um, I think they do have different uh, views. And, and, and one of the things that I also like that Rashaga actually said that you not to use force to take office. And, and you, I mean, that's actually um, commendable and from, from someone like him and knowing that you want to follow the, 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 the right process. And, 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 you know, the, the, the parliament did declare the, the, um, the death term expired, but it's, 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 you know, you, you have, it's just something that we're both leading. We're trying to get um, the country forward. And, and it's not, it's just being difficult on purpose was not just necessary. I think what's setting apart, they've got two different dreams, they've got two different uh, visions. And one has a, a, a different uh, version of media in his mind, and the other has the opposite. And it's, it's just something that you, you would wish they could actually um, uh, step down and, 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 and never shine the world, but it's not, it's not happening. And knowing that media has, has also, it's coming from a place where he's been he, he, uh, attempted assassination of the world, if he leaves once, he leaves uh, power. At least if he doesn't have some sort of security as well. He may have his reason why it's going on today. So that's quite a lot of things to, to think about when we look at how entangled, um, complicated this situation is in media right now for the two of them. Okay, let's bring it back home. Hashtag fuel hikes must fall. Motorists in South Africa have started a petition in protest of the increases that are happening. I'm not even sure where we point the finger because we know what's currently happening in Russia where markets are avoiding Russian supply and Brent crude oil reaching a seven-year high. But we're all on Struggle Street here, maybe Struggleville. Yeah, we might just call it a lifeline, call for a lifeline right now. I mean, with Hmm. the petrol increasing by Iran for the six cents, and this is going up with one rand for the four and and for the liter. I mean, this is this is already um, a complaint. There's a lot of um, rising food costs and all sorts of things. And most importantly, the taxi drivers and, and those who are below the middle middle uh, class would also be affected. Well, obviously, everyone will be affected. And it, it, it's just, I, I just can't imagine the impact of what this is going to, to, to cost people. And, and and it's necessary for the for the hashtag to to actually trend and people are just uh, um, uh, expressing their frustration on this and and what can we do? We have to adapt and economies are actually uh, expecting that basic things like uh, water, energy, and all sort of things they're already going to be affected and also feeding as well food costs and all sort of things. We, we just don't know. People are passing to put food on the table and we're just coming out of um, trying to recover from, from COVID as well. And then this is happening. And it, it's so sad. 
Well, this particular petition is zooming in not so much on the Russian issue, but the South African Department of Energy, the presidency, and the national energy regulator of South Africa, NERSA, saying that if it wasn't for corruption and tender irregularities and political ap- appointments, we would do, as you say, adapt, uh, what, which we are, what is what we need to do. Economies have to adapt when things happen in life and in, in the world. But because of corruption, tender irregularities and political appointments, this petition says we are finding ourselves in this particular issue. Fair, fair enough. And, and knowing that even Eskimos uh, um, um, also brought an approval for, for the tariff rate as well, I just think like now that we have the Don't Do Commission out, and we've seen politicians also um, refuting the, the claims that were in the report, and we now we do not even know who do we hold accountable for all of this. And if they're blaming corruption for for the larger part of the reason for this, then then what do how do we move forward? How can we undo these things? How can we get to um, look at how to fix this? Because it is it is just something that is. Um, on the at the moment. Yeah, and I mean, just the figures keep going up. Yesterday, uh, Brent crude being at $105 per barrel. Now, currently, it's 114.6 uh, per barrel, and we expect that it's going to keep going up. But at some point, it was 110, and <clears throat> excuse me, and it just uh, it, it goes up and up and, and up. Economists and what they have to say, one of those, uh, Dale McKinley, saying that this fuel hike is going to hit us as consumers in many other ways. He was also talking about basic services like energy as well and water. What uh, must to can happen, hey? Clearly life is just yeah, going to be a bit difficult here. Uh, we, we can. We have to really find ways of adapting, tightening the belt, um, review costs and, and budgets and all sort of things. There is no... It's, 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 it's interesting time. We have to find ways to that. And I think uh, the, the general public needs to also find ways to look into this. And, 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 and we have no choice. And we have to make it work. And we hope it will, it will, it will, everything will be settled in no time. Let's read the secret, as BINGO is telling us. Because what else do we have? Just, just to hold on to some bit of positivity and uh, put it out to the universe that we're going to survive somehow. We will. Hey? Ade, thank you so much. <laughs> don't know. I don't even know. You know when you don't know what, what to to do with life, but you, you just have to keep going because, yeah, I think as single moms as well get hard hit and we just have to figure it out. We have to adjust, as you say. That's life. Yeah, it is life. We, 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 I mean, we should compare ourselves with the, with the people trying to escape the, the invasion in, 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 in Ukraine. We just thank God. And we just have to keep moving, and, and we'll be optimistic, and things will go, will go better. Absolutely, and there's always something to be grateful for. Ade Kunle, thank you so much for joining us. A, a great Thursday to you, and a good weekend ahead. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Bye. Ade Kunle Olabi, social commentator, joining us from the UAE. Some of your messages in terms of our poll question. Do you believe that Salga is still an effective role player in the functionality of local municipalities?